Pastor Michael, we are going to give something away we made for the patrons. So if you're listening to this on our normal podcast feed, go find a patron and thank them or become a patron. So we just like making the show so much that we are going to give away this clip of us discussing Tim Keller and Stephen Colbert. Welcome to a special edition of the Patreon version of Restless, where today we are doing what we often do in when we go daily, where we discuss things that are kind of going on in the evangelical reform social media world. Pastor is, Michael. It's a fun stuff. You know, this is like the popcorn. That's uh, right. You know, you just get the popcorn. It's just this fun little snack. It might not have the deepest of substance, but it is enjoyable. I want you to know today we are de- we are definitely going to the deepest of substance. Wow. Because Tim Keller spent the weekend defending something that he appeared to think had the that was critical. That was a critical thing for him to defend as the deepest of substance. We man, I it's just sad. We've had this conversation a lot, but like I have a lot of respect for Tim he Keller. Is a, he is a man's man. We we say this because we should keep saying it is when he went to plant in New York, New York was not a nice place. And planting in big churches wasn't cool. Yep. In big cities. I'm sorry. Yeah. In big cities was not cool. Yeah. No, he, he, and, and he's done a, a, an amazing amount of good, right. For the kingdom yes. of God. Um, and everything that we say <laughs> now, we don't want to like contradict that, right. you know, like we, we know that he's done tremendous good. It's actually one of the reasons this is why we do this whole podcast because everyone is so perplexed. Yeah. Right. The, the reason this podcast exists is because all the young Calvinists came up with these people. They read Reason for God in Tim yep. Keller's case. They listened to him preach through Galatians, and it felt like these things were being opened up to them. Or you were led to Christ by reading uh, what's his book on the parable of the prodigal son? Uh, oh, the 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 parable of the prodigal sons. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's both. They're both yes. lost. Um, and he's right. But isn't it interesting? Just another quick shot at Baptists here on the Patreon. Isn't it interesting that one is probably clearly within the visible church who's lost? the older son and then one who comes who comes in right it's just it's, it's just an interesting unrelated <laughs> Baptist, we love you guys we love you we, we love you we actually do in part because you're like probably 90 percent <laughs> of the people that listen to us <laughs> yeah and so over the weekend i actually sent pastor michael one of the things uh pastor keller spent defending the weekend over he read it it's gonna be another episode of tim keller watch here on the show but he was like, oh, it was pretty bad. Was it, Did you think this article he thought he defended was pretty bad? It's so bad. This is, this is where he defended a New York Times article as a very good article written by David Brooks about, uh, I can't remember the name of it even, but it's something like the bad evangelicals. The, or, overall. You know, the dissenters trying to save evangelicalism from itself. And, and the reason we're going to do this one is not so much because of Tim Keller, but all of Big Eva actually over the weekend was defending yeah, and promoting they really this liked it. Well, that's because they're all named in it. Okay. So we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But we're actually going to do, we are going to discuss the thing Tim Keller actually defended even harder and may have made even more people mad. And so joyfully, Pastor Michael doesn't know what this is, and I get to introduce it. I'm so him. worried. And so, it's possible I saw it around, but I don't remember anything. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm 100% blind on so this one. So we will start with the original tweet, which is a link to a video, and we'll move from there. We'll see how long this takes. I don't want, because again, he, def, he defended this with multiple th- tweet threads, links to blogs. I he's think written. I know what this is now. And so <laughs> here we go. So the original tweet was this. 
This is a brilliant example yeah. of how to be a Christian in a public square. It's so bad. Notice the witness in a form the culture can handle. We should desire to have more Christians in these spaces and give them grace as they operate. So, Pastor Michael, original tweet. Do you see anything in the original tweet that might uh, cause you to already be concerned about where this could be going? Just as a tweet. As the tweet. Fine, you know, uh, like... I don't know. I'm going to be the actually guy. <laughs> so if you look at your screen here. Oh, I don't have it on my screen. Oh, I've shared right? my oh. screen with you. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's why I wasn't reading. I was okay. just listening to you. So here's the part that. Well, really... Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so try again. Yeah. So notice what it is. But in a form the culture can handle. Pastor Michael, do you think yeah. Paul's contextualization was uh, Christianity that the Roman culture could handle yeah. or judy judea could handle someone will come in with an actually and say well act 17 <laughs> i'm sure but uh no what i think most often of actually is john the baptist mm. and how jesus said that among men there was none um, among those born of women there's none like john the baptist um and uh what did what was john like he was a wild man you know i mean he he was quite literally beheaded for his willingness to preach repentance even to uh those in in those kind of higher echelons um, in ways that everybody knew mm -hmm. would not go well for him. So, and, and here's the deal of even about the like second half of this, but this idea that our witness needs to be something the culture can handle. This would be a correct tweet. If it was something our culture can understand, understand. Yeah. So like language that relate is actually, to, yep. you, like these are, these are contextualization yeah. words. That's communication, right? It's literally just communication. Yes. Culture can handle is why someone just last week um, um, coined the term regime jellicles. We are Christianity and we are no threat to the, to the cultural, to the cultural overlords. Yeah. This please is, don't hate us. This is exactly why people are now accusing Bayiva of this because yeah, we are the faithful Christianity that this culture can handle. Right. Well, so even thinking on the communication line, uh, you know, if somebody, went into put it into missiological terms somebody goes into uh like a, a tribal people never been never been reached before right. maybe maybe one of these tribes like a papua new guinea tribe that literally nobody has ever had contact with at least in the modern world you know and they find this this people group okay they don't speak the same language they have very little way to communicate okay so we would say yes like you have to be able to communicate to those people so you have to learn language. You have to like, you have to learn to say things in a way that they will understand. Yes. Sometimes that takes a long time. It might be difficult. You might make mistakes. Yeah. You should be given grace if that's what you're trying to do. Yep. Um, however, as you well know, <laughs> and, and as anybody who's like, you know, has, uh, you know, had any interest in missions or read any, you know, uh, great biographies of missionaries or, or anything like that, going into these types of places as much as you can, speak in such a way that can it can be understood and you want to do that that does not mean that you are non-threatening to the core beliefs right. of those societies if, if if you are a missionary in a foreign context and you are upsetting people with the the things you say you need to answer the question am i is this my fault because i am communicating in a way that doesn't make sense here that is um violating something i don't understand or am i preaching the gospel and it is a threat to um to the mosque or right like this tweet would be insane if it said 
This is a brilliant example of how Christians can be missionaries to lost tribes. Notice the witness, but in the form that headhunters can handle. Right. Like, hey, guys, you can, you know, like this yep. is this is the, now the 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 other question. There's another part. Of, I mean, it just this whole thing is Man, so that bad. Paul, that Paul was so good at contextualization that all of those idol makers didn't even want to kill him. Right. Oh, wait, no, yeah. they, they wanted to kill oh, him. Paul. The idol maker said, what this guy's saying is going to destroy the economy of Ephesus. And Paul said, let me speak to them in the Acropolis. And his friends were like, we're not letting you. We go don't think you should do that. You will die. Right. <laughs> so so maybe Paul's friends had a little bit more like because Paul cannot speak to them in a way that because the gospel is not something our culture can handle at this moment. There will literally literally be a riot. And now notice the other thing. This is actually a great point of the riots and the problems that occur in Acts, right? That was actually a big concern to Roman society. Yep. Rome hated riots. And just like you, you hate riots. Yeah, like none of us right. want riots. It's very interesting when you read Acts, how often these things happen, um, how often the gospel causes that. And then two, why does Luke, why does Luke record it? One, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the edgy theonomy guys are like, you know, you should be causing riots wherever you go. <laughs> well, thanks, edgy theonomy guys. Um, but what the real point I think in Luke recording it is, is especially to his original audience, is he's saying, notice it's never the behavior of Christians that's causing these riots. Mm. He's saying it is the Romans, it is the Jews, it is the pagans, right? It's these various people. They're the ones instigating violence, not us. Yep. And he, so he's offering, again, an apologetic for Christianity. But what it he's you know it's it's not a so look it could be you could handle it but he is showing that it is not the christian behavior right that is causing these things now the 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 second problem with this and then we'll then we'll back around and try and winsomely defend this even though even though this is for patrons and they can handle a little more savage second do you think there is any lack of christians who want to go on the clip we're about to watch from the late show or Joe Rogan or like whatever huge plat are there yeah. is there a lack of Christians who'd love to do it? By the way, huge platforms love to not have you on our show, but have us come to you. Yes, we would. We would we'll, love to come on your show. We'll come, we'll fly, we'll get there, baby. <laughs> Joe Rogan, even if you get canceled by Spotify, if you want to have us on the show, we'll come. That's right. Do you have any idea who we are? Nope. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, it would be a fun game someday to think about what is the like the biggest name that even knows who we are, because uh, <laughs> it'd be like no one. But there isn't a lack of Christians who want to do this. There is not a lack. I I just I do not believe that like we have, we don't like that. There's a lack of a desire to be in these spaces. Yeah, like so, and for, both good like people I would want to see in those spaces and people who would be horrible at it and would do not a good job. Yeah, I mean, Tim Keller writes for the New York Times, for instance. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so here's the one possible defense. He is talking about the public square. Is there a difference in Christians in the public square and other, these missions areas we've talked about? Is there like, can we, is engaging in the public, is the purpose of a Christian engaging in the public discourse uh, different that this kind, some kind of approach like this might be more appropriate? That's, this is my, this is my best attempt to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. yeah. And it's weak, I yeah. admit. <laughs> but do you think there's any? So there is a difference in 
in kind in a mm-hmm. sense, right? So um, the, you know, the work of an evangelist on the mission field is going to look different than, you know, the guy who just runs a business mm-hmm. and is trying to do good business. They can both be Christians. Yep. They can both be following God's call on their life. They can both be faithful. Um, and, and both of those are perfectly good, reasonable. Okay. Um, now in the case of the Christian businessman, like, you know, he needs to be ready always to share, uh, what is the hope that is inside of him. And he should be like operating his business with integrity. You know, what would, uh, Charlie self say, uh, (laughs) he should, he should have Charlie (laughs) compute, compute. (laughs) Oh man. He's Uh, real. Right. He is real. Of course. Hashtag he's definitely a real person. (laughs) TGC is a real website. (laughs) Um, but uh, so there, like, there's, there's just, there's a difference in kind and like the way you go about it. I, obviously, in both situations, you're seeking to glorify God and how you live. Obviously, in both situations, you can live with integrity in a Christian way. Um, yeah. You know, completely. I, yeah, I, I think the only thing I can think of is if I imagine Pastor Michael being asked to write, like, let's say the, the as every local newspaper, there are struggles to get staffing, and they ask him if he'd be interested in writing a religion comment and column wouldn't that be a glorious which i would by the way a glorious like two issues before (laughs) uh you were not allowed to do that ever again i think i'd be winsome i I think lacrosse tribune if you're listening yeah (laughs) we'd love to have you on the show show. (laughs) i think it would be a right it would like i would i would hope he would be trying to present the gospel but because he's entering the public square he's not preaching to the church anymore it would be more appropriate for him to cover issues that are of public discussion. And now it doesn't mean he shouldn't share the gospel in those contexts, but it would also be um, be a mistake um, to to like to do the like the cheap the cheap switch. Like, you know, you know, the inflation is a concern for you. Well, you know what never inflates the value of Jesus Christ and his blood, right? Like that would be a horrible thing. Like that would be a cheap way to do it. Yeah. There, there would be a way for him to write about inflation and even the like help that we need from communities and like even say then that's part of what the church exists to do is build communities in ways that are beyond economic, right? Like he could do this in a Christian way. He could engage in the public sphere. But again, I, I don't know that this is a great defense, but regardless, should we watch what Pastor Tim thought was a a master it stroke. Could have been a son, right? I mean, do you think this was no, him? This this was Tim Keller. Okay. This is what was a master stroke of it. Um, and so this is a interview from the late show hosted by Stephen Colbert, where he's interviewed on his faith and his comedy. This is a again, this is witness that the culture can handle. Here we go. I think something that your uh viewers really connect with in your comedy and your hosting skills, especially in the like past few years, is how open and honest and authentic you are about the role your faith plays in your life. Uh, Obviously, I haven't watched him in the past few years. Stephen Colbert uh, has, I know he's Catholic, but has never struck me as like, Faith is essential to yeah, what, what I'm doing. What a faith like... guy. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering, is there any, you know, does your faith and your comedy ever overlap? 
<laughs> and does one ever win out? Dude, is this what late night TV is like? Now? I don't know. I don't watch it. But <laughs> I don't either. This is it's. I mean, this would be a great opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah. If this Absolutely. was asked, if you. right, this would. But, this is man. This is just right there. Yeah. And you have like you're you're Stephen Colbert, right? Yep. Like you're if you're a Christian and you're at this point, like you're you're on the top of your game. Yep. Like you make a lot of money. You're like you are well insulated against. Yep the powers that be in a lot of ways you're well loved especially after last year you did the dancing vaccine skit where like now everybody loves you (laughs) yeah so this is you have what what's that where uh you you have stored up for yourself uh, a lot of you know credibility Credibility. culture what what was that cultural capital cultural cultural he has so much cultural capital that he could spend right now that's right i think ultimately us all being mortal the faith will win out at the end (laughs) but i certainly hope when i get to heaven jesus has a sense of humor but i will say this it would say this uh someone was asking me earlier about what i this is this relates to faith because my faith is involved with i'm I'm a christian and a catholic and that's always connected to the idea of um love and sacrifice being somehow related and giving yourself to other people so it's on the T now, love and sacrifice. Yep, love and sacrifice, giving yourself for other people. Two, it is something that the people that Big Evil likes who are public Christians are almost all Catholics. Let's just always- That is really interesting. Totally. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to show that, you- Well, oh, you're going to show I'm going to show you why. a tweet below this that even like goes harder on that, but just get ready. And that death is not defeat. If you If you can- see where I'm getting at there. Someone was asking me earlier, what movie did I really enjoy this year? And I said, well, I really like Belfast, which is Kenneth Branagh's. Did you see this movie? No. Me neither. Story of his childhood. And one of the reasons. By the way, that we're just men of the people. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the elite late show, like whatever they're talking about. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> I love it is that I'm Irish and uh, Irish American. And it's such an Irish movie. Um, and I think this is also a Catholic thing because it's it's funny and it's sad and it's funny about being sad in the same way that sadness is like a little bit of an emotional death but not a defeat if you can find a way to laugh about it because that laughter keeps you from having fear of it and fear is the thing that keeps you from turning to evil devices to save you from the sadness as robert hayden said we must not be frightened or cajoled into accepting evil as our deliverance from evil we must keep struggling to maintain our humanity though monsters of abstraction threaten and police us so if there's some relationship between my faith and my comedy it's that no matter what happens you are never defeated you must understand and see this in the light of eternity and find some way to love and laugh with each other stephen colbert everybody that was nothing, right? Like that was, <laughs> that, was like, that was just like a, a pure like secular moralism, right? Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent. Except that he uses the word sacrifice and love. Yeah, and giving yourself and death for other is people. not a defeat, and death is not a defeat. But Which, that's- death is not a defeat. Just like laughing through the pain, like right, like death is not a defeat. So let's laugh through the pain. Well, and that was his thing, right? So let me tell you about my faith. Well, here's a little bit, you know, when I get to heaven, there's going to be Jesus. I hope he's funny. And now here's the main thing. What's right. the main thing? The main thing is you can laugh even if you're sad. That's his actual faith. You know, like, let's be clear. That's his actual faith. And that is not something that is, uh, it's, that is quite literally 
the faith of a lot of the people who just clap to him. Yeah. That is the faith. It's we need some kind of entertainment to like block out the sadness that we feel. And that is the only hope that we have in life and death. Right. That's it. That like, and that's, that is unbelievably sad and nihilistic, but that's the truth, right? Like that is what people are into right now. Watch a great movie or watch a comedy. So, right. The great movie probably is really sad and it, and it's like, and it allows, it's like a cathartic experience. Yeah, it's emotionally cathartic. Or watch a comedy thing that allows me to kind of forget how crappy my day was because I, the world's kind of crappy because of sin. Well, mostly because of Trump, but. Yeah. Well, that, that's clearly what the quote. <laughs> that's when, his like, audience. <laughs> that's clearly what the quote means when it says we cannot let, we cannot attempt to overcome evil with evil. This quote that he apparently either has memorized or he knew this question was coming and, and, and got ready. I don't know which. But right, that's clearly what he means. It's like, I'm here to fight to make sure Trump's never elected again. Uh, I, I'm, I'm clear. So, Pastor Michael, on that note of they all love Catholics, let's look at the tweet that I think Tim Keller, why he saw this little clip was from Anthony Bradley. Yeah, so I saw, uh, the reason that I kind of knew what this was actually was because I saw Anthony Bradley share this actually. So here's, so here's his tweet about it. it. Just shows the intellectual superior Catholics are articulating their faith. A Protestant would not have been able to do that. Anglicans could. Uh, most evangelicals <laughs> would say there's no gospel in his answers. And hashtag, God bless the evangelicals. <laughs> hashtag religious studies. I don't know what that means. Dude, yeah, that is what we said. We yeah. just literally said that. Yeah, right. You like, pegged and, us, Anthony. Uh-huh, and guess and what? And we're right. Yes, we're right. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Yeah, we don't, okay, so we don't, like, wear the nice suits you wear. Yeah. We don't go to the, like, yeah. upscale restaurants you go to. Yeah. And we don't make as much money as you do. Yeah. And we don't, like, have the cachet yeah. with these secular elites. But guess what? We can understand there's no gospel in what Stephen Colbert just said. And also, how is that an articulation of the Roman Catholic faith? And of any faith, right? <laughs> like, of anything besides Ex- the secular faith except that, of an entertainment culture. Except that modern american roman catholicism is just another expression of liberal christianity which you know laugh that laugh well especially some places right so like there is obviously right now there's like a big like push to like you know yeah yeah push back to you know traditional catholicism or something like that but a lot of that is because you have especially in places like new york these big cities like roman catholicism for ever has been something that is is quick to uh, syncretize with what is around it. Right. It's been quick to um, try to just look as much as possible like what is around it. As long as you have these like certain practices that you add into what you're doing, then what yeah. you're doing is just fine. So so a lot of, he started immediately getting mm, ratioed, unbelievable, huge amounts of pushback. So he started with comments from the original tweet remind me that there are habits on Twitter we, we should reject. If you cite person X, then you must answer for all person X ever did or said. I can attribute to opinions to you that you would not own. So that's his first defense because guess what everyone did? They just went and found every clip of Stephen Colbert saying blasphemous, anti-Christian, horrible things in his comedy, yeah. which I don't know. Again, I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not making any statement about the state of Stephen Colbert. Right. We didn't. We were not the ones that said, exactly. look at how good he is at articulating the faith, the Christian faith. faith. Right. <laughs> In a way the culture can handle, which yeah. is, which is evidently no faith, yeah. which is, <laughs> which is true. 
I, if you're right, if this is what the culture can handle, you are right. The cult, the culture currently cannot handle what the apostle Paul taught. Right. Which is why the message today is one of, that is most needed is one of repentance. By yes. It is. It's a message of you actually have to die to yourself and to your entire world that you've constructed. Yes. And, and the idea that entertain you are deadening yourself through entertainment that is totally like that is probably a message you listening to this whoever you are because you probably aren't attracted to these kinds of things but you and me you you and me normal people you and me millennials with kids the target audience for disney plus what you actually need to hear is yeah we are all being deadened by entertainment and that is what you do at night and that we all need to repent and believe in a life to come right like this is this is the gospel and and of course no one would be invited on the late show to declare that yep of course not <laughs> right of course that there and you're not going to get applause from the audience that by and large hates god because you could actually do a christian presentation of why laughter exists you yeah. know like because again we we here on the show we have a strong doctrine of vocation another great show idea for another time that like Hey, it's okay to literally just be a comedian. Like that's a totally legitimate Christian thing, obviously within whatever moral bounds yeah. it would be, but that's totally okay. Just like our show doesn't try and replace the church, doesn't try and be discipleship. Our show tries to be what it is because that's okay. Um, but you could, if asked, give like, why does laughter, why is, you know, you could answer why is laughter good medicine? Why do we laugh in pain? Like, and there are and there are Christian answers. Like if you want to start with love and sacrifice, obviously he started in a place that it's like uh because of Jesus, right? Like, yeah, like softball, right? Yeah, like yeah. just we here, need, let me just we, offer this up quick. For me to say you're articulating faith, I need more than I hope Jesus has a sense of humor when I get to heaven. Yeah. Because what you just said is well, I hope Jesus can take the jokes I made. <laughs> like yep. I wonder if what Tim Keller actually thinks is a good witness is the fact that this guy is simply there I think in this that's place. What he means. And he says, I'm a Christian and a Catholic. I think that he's willing to say that while holding and this that place. what I do is based on that. Yep. Right. Even though it's not based on any definition, any recognizable definition of Christianity or Catholicism. So here we go. Then we get this little, this little number as the further defense. Again, we got three or four tweet threads. We are not going to do it all. Because it is so much material. Like, why are you digging yourself in? Why, is- not, why not just say, here's what I meant. There, I, I like that somebody in this like position of power can say, I'm a Christian. I wish okay. more people would do that. Yeah. Or okay. more Christians would seek to excel to these positions and do this. Yeah. Great. That so, would, that would have been okay. Yeah. But to or, say, or, oh man. Or as I've said, the senior pastor here, you can't find him on social media. You can't find his show online. If you found where our church was, you could see him preach and you would be blessed. He doesn't care about this. There is no reason Tim Keller, with all he's accomplished, as we said, should care that uh, lots of dudes in their 20s can find every horrible quote Stephen Colbert has ever said. <laughs> like, okay, so here's the next one. The recent post I made about Stephen Colbert's partial answer, partially, now we're, we've stepped back to yeah, it. Yeah, you've stepped back from partial. Articulate, what did he say before? Like the articulation of the faith or something to that effect. I mean, it was... It was much more than witness. That. A brilliant example <laughs> of how to be a Christian in the public square. Notice the witness. Yeah. A culture can handle. Okay. The partial um, answer about his faith and ensuing comments has shown me that American Christians still have a long way to go in understanding. Look it up, Pastor Michael. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. How to be wise in the ways you are towards outsiders. This is called contextualization. 
All right, let's hear the verses. Yeah, so this is this is the passage. It's walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Uh, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So the so this verse is all about how a Christian, of course, in that day and very much more so in our day, how they were to answer pagans. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> And I have a feeling that the Apostle Paul, who we've been talking about, who quite literally caused riots of idol makers, yes, right, in cities that were probably less filled with sin and debauchery than New York City, right. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, places that like compared to our degenerate society probably were like, you know, like they had some stable families and they had other, you know, uh, they maybe had some idolatrous practices. But in other ways, maybe we'd say, you know, things were actually holding together okay for them. Um, the Apostle Paul called, caused riots here because of his presentation of the gospel, because it was going to overthrow that entire social order. Right. That was his witness. Right. There is the requirement of contextualization. Note, it's very interesting in the next tweet where he begins to def, uh, define contextualization. It's adapting your message to be understandable mm. and compelling in a part two particular hearers without com compromising the truth in any way. So then he kind of explains why we have to contextualize because it's impossible not to, right? He goes through a number of things that um, this, again, Here's would be- examples I see. He, this, uh, of course, Acts 17, this, right? There's ways to contextualize. And, and again, notice the definition though, we've had it to change it again, changed. is not something they can accept. It's something they can understand yes. and it's compelling to them. And even that one is a little iffy because, right, like, you could present an answer that is actually compelling to the need of the day, right? Like when we say entertainment is probably a big problem on our soul, that is, may not be compelling to anyone who listens, but it's not because I don't think it's true. I think it's just because it's so, it's so much the like, uh, you're a fish and I'm telling you what water is. It's so hard to imagine that it, 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 it just is not compelling. Yeah. So Pastor Michael, we have reached the end of the first tim keller watch what have we learned and tim don't do this man yeah I, this is uh this is the like whole way of doing ministry right the this is i, I actually this is probably where uh someone like aaron rent's really helpful um and his positive neutral negative world um tim keller uh kind of entered into new york city probably when it was pretty you know, somewhat negative, but like generally culturally was pretty neutral about Christianity. And so in order to be com a compelling Christian is to uh, just simply be mm. and be around and be like, uh, you know, uh, present, especially in places of influence, specific specifically places like the arts, mm. higher up in business, these kinds of things. Um, the elite, right? Like being part of uh, an elite part of society, doing that while also still being a Christian and you're right. going to church. And when it comes up, you tell people I'm a Christian. Right. Yep. That's why I, you know, uh, am maybe just like, you know, generally a little bit nicer than some of the other people around me, yeah, you yeah. know? Or and the reason I, I go to a church that you may have even read a negative article about, right? Yep. Like, or why my pastor, Tim Keller has been invited to defend the Christian faith. Cause we, it's so weird. Like here in eighties, New York, that there's a guy who's like, I'm going to defend every word of the Bible. Right. Yep. Everyone in New York goes, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that makes sense uh, then, but you are holding up somebody who we could find plenty of examples of 
uh, mocking, belittling the true yeah. faith, you yeah. know, whatever this guy's faith is, right? There's plenty of people that go to a Roman Catholic church that are not, they're right. not in any meaningful sense Roman Catholics. Yeah. They just have some kind of weird personal religion and the the traditions and the practices of Rome are what they find to be helpful in expressing their personal idea of what their faith is. Yeah. I, and I think, I think it, and I think I know he says it doesn't matter, right? Stephen Colbert, Tim Keller, love to have you on the show. Do you think this would be a fascinating thing if we could have all of these people on the show? Do you think we could come up with like one substantive worldview or spiritual issue the three of us could all agree on? Right. I have, I have trouble believing it. I, if we sat down with Tim Keller, could we come up with a bunch? Yep. Yes. 100%. Potent, could we with Stephen Colbert? Me, I don't know. Right. I don't know from that clip. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think the three of us could all agree on one thing. Hmm. That, that, like that's just yeah. as a, I don't know what to say. I, I think this was a. We're just dumb Midwestern kids. We're just. Uh, that's right. Know, we're silly, silly yokels. We're just those silly evangelicals that that's Anthony right. Bradley hates so much that. You know, they just want to hear the gospel. You I know. Know. Oh, man, they, they'd rather go to the church where he's going to say Jesus died for your sins. And now, nah, you know, and, and not <laughs> rather than you can laugh through sadness. I know. <laughs> I know. And, and so, again, I think that, yeah, that's all I got. I think we'll just leave it there. <laughs>